You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. Slang. Yep. Oh, we're talking about Wu-Tang. Okay, Wu-Tang. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another great episode of the Couch Potatoes. I'm here with uh, Cap. Alex is absent today, and we also are joined by uh, someone from our cryptic conspiracy cult. Quinn. Quinn, thank yeah. you for coming. Today we'll be uh, delving a little something, uh, a little bit out of the way. We'll be talking about gangster films. Yeah. Talk hey. about the Goodfellas, the hey. Godfather. Oh, oh, hey. Hey, the I, Reservoir Dogs. How you doing I was just over watching here. that movie the other week, too. Oh, the Mr. Pink? Yeah. <laughs> why do I got to be Mr. Pink? Do you want to trade? <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly why you're Mr. Pink. <laughs> so uh, I thought we could just... Uh, you look. You're not Mr. Yellow. <laughs> yeah. Can I be like Mr. Purple or something? Yeah, Mr. Purple. Let me be Mr. Purple. No, you're not being Mr. Purple. Mr. Purple's a guy <laughs> on another job. No, I think uh, gangster movies is a uh, is what we have. Like all three of us, at the table have common ground on as far as like taste in movies, yeah. just because we, yeah. we just grew up on all that shit. To where like I could probably we probably know a lot of like mob speak. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Going into one of the greatest ones uh, we talked about last uh, last time as. Uh, Goodfellas, yeah, classic. The, story, the, the the rise and fall of Henry Hill, <laughs> really, yeah. yeah. And he just kept falling even after the fall. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the movie of him like post uh, getting into uh, witness protection. <laughs> well, dude, I- they should have because he got kicked out. He uh, he kept fucking around. Like um, when he lived in Seattle, he owed a drug debt to a couple of like Colombian guys and ended up having to, uh, I think, traffic. Like move some shit over into either Canada or he had to go and grab shit, and move it back into the states. Yeah, and he ended up getting booked, and they took him to prison. And he got sentenced, all that stuff. He went in prison. All of a sudden, he meets this other guy he used to uh, run on the street with, um, another associate. I forgot the guy's name, but he was going under an assumed name, which was Martin Lewis. That was um, uh, Henry Hill's new identity. Mm. So, guy comes up to him, is like, Henry, Henry, do you remember me? It's such and such. And uh, Henry Hill's like, dude, no, don't fuck and say that like my name's martin lewis in case you didn't realize he's like well these guys over here want to speak to you it was all fucking old school mobsters just looking at him like like hey cocksucker we're gonna stab you in the fucking showers (laughs) fucking stool pigeon (laughs) well he ended up getting taken out of prison like the fucking warden cursed him out and was like what the fuck are you doing here you're in witness protection you can't be fucking around like this you know what would happen you're lucky your friend here the guy he was just talking to he was another informant he was actually sitting undercover with that group of mobsters that were gonna kill him jesus yeah crazy here's the real stories about these people that you know are portrayed as you know uh folks that you know had it figured out until they don't have it figured out until they get too big for their britches in all these movies but in real life these were all just idiots yeah yeah really like the schemes were great don't get me wrong like the uh, Lufthansa heist was pretty cool that mm-hmm. whole thing like, one of the biggest 
Hijacked. That's, actually, that's, that's the one that's featured in the movie. Yep, yep. And uh, they, they only leave, they're very accurate with that. The only thing they left out was um, there was another guard other than French mm. uh, that wasn't with the whole thing. They couldn't buy him out, so they ended up getting him hammered and ended up uh, buying like a couple of hookers to keep him distracted while they went in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I found out about this about this movie from that show, I Love the 90s on H, uh, VH1. Yeah, nice. I watched all of that shit yeah, too. So, like, they, were talking about, they were talking about this great fucking movie of 1990 and i'm just like it was 1990 i always thought it was like I keep thinking it's either late 80s or something yeah. like that but it was like right at the turn yeah yeah and i was like fuck i gotta watch it now they talked about it they hyped it up so fucking much and i'm just like and it opens up fucking perfect for as long as i can remember i wanted to be a gangster <laughs> must i forever be a beggar yeah. <laughs> and that soundtrack is awesome oh, oh dude God. great every fantastic. scorsese soundtrack is like it's all rolling stones and classic rock and, yeah. so, and like in uh goodfellas it's my favorite scene is still uh when cream starts playing when robert dun, de niro's dun, looking across dun, dun, the bar dun, dun. when he's starting to lose it <laughs> when he's like you could tell he's about to kill maury like that was that one look where you're like yep this guy's about to get fucking whacked sunshine of your love yeah yeah you just like that's where uh uh, what does he say in the movie? And that's the moment where I knew he was going to get whacked. Yeah. <laughs> Not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> but uh, uh, I saw that movie, and I remember... Uh not long after I saw that movie, I'd watched it again on like AMC because it's always on fucking AMC yeah, during yeah. like Gangster Week. It's like Shark Week. <laughs> We're gonna have it the same day, which is coincidentally the same day they also dumped the bodies. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's on AMC over here. And, um, and I watched it, and then uh, the Thirty for Thirty came out about Georgetown, about the Henry Hill orchestrated the 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 the. Um, Point shaving, the point shaving at Georgetown. Yeah. I didn't watch that. Yet. Yeah, I didn't realize that was a Henry Hill thing. Yeah, yes, it's it a was. Henry Hill thing. And like it added so much more to the Goodfellas storyline because you know we all know like they changed some of the names, they condensed two characters down to one, mm-hmm. and like you know, and then you do your research a little bit more because uh, I think you had brought it up that uh, Karen um, had uh, had was uh, kind of fucking around with Paul Servino's character. Yeah, Paul Cicero, they were having a whole affair while uh, Henry was locked up in the, um, not the first time when he was actually, of course, in prison with Paulie. It was the yeah. second time when he got busted for uh, the cocaine. Yeah. That's, I like, hear stories like that. I'm like, man, that could have that added to the dynamic of the movie. I know. Like it, it really could have. Because it probably would explain why Jimmy didn't want to kill her. Yeah. Robert De Niro's character didn't want to, sh- didn't kill her. Like, that whole thing, that scene there, um... I honestly feel like that that he probably was going to have her either killed or kidnapped, but personally more kidnapped, just mm-hmm. so it would draw Henry out, because the mom yeah. had done stuff like that before. Yeah. Um, just nonchalantly like, it's it's right over there. Yeah, it's like, just right down there. Just go ahead. <laughs> come, on, come on down, bitch. I love the hand movement where he's even like motioning to around the corner. Yeah, but it kind of like, it kind of like, it would have like showed how much of a monster Karen was too. Yeah. Because like, I remember the scene where he's in jail. Uh, with Paul Servino's character and stuff, and she brings in those meats, that bread, and all that other stuff. Here, does your horn bring this to you? And yeah. she's just Let pulling shit it. out Let of her, her jacket. Br- <laughs> he's just like, what, bitch, shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! He should have like, picked up a salami and smack her in the mouth. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> and then, like, if, if, if it had gone down to where, you know, it was down to the cocaine and stuff. He'd be like, you're fucking Polly, you fucking whore. Yeah, and dude, that would have really added a whole different dynamic, too. Like, even Paul Servino's character, you would have been like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you you basically raised this kid. Um, 
crazy thing about him though was that Paul Cicero actually had like a really bad temper. Like yeah. it was uh, well known. Um, like for one example, he was at a restaurant and had a waiter actually spill uh, wine on his wife, like on her dress and everything. Tripped, fell, you know, total accident. Later on that night, guy was getting off work. Paul had four of his uh, like enforcers wait for him in the parking lot, beat the shit out of this dude just yeah. for something as small as that. Yeah, Jesus. Well, they were all like, I think that's something they kind of leave out in some of these uh, some of these movies is how fucking animalistic these yeah. guys are. Yeah. Just a little slight. Like we talk, we talk when we think about Goodfellas and who's who's the problem is Joe Pesci. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joe Pesci's the one with a goddamn attitude problem. And they held back when you know the actual animalistic tendencies that he was like in real life yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same with De Niro's character. Yeah. Yeah, and, Jimmy and, Burke and Tommy D. Simone. And Joe Pesci is such a good actor. Mm-hmm. And having him in like casino and Goodfellas and like hearing his backstory with like Frankie Valens and all mm-hmm. that is fucking crazy. Funny thing is also about his backstory that scene in uh, Goodfellas you know the infamous what's so funny about me yeah, that actually happened to Joe Pesci when he's working as a waiter. He was waiting on a, uh, a mob guy, a connected guy, and he uh, turned to him because he was telling jokes and everything, cracking everybody up. And he's he said, "You're funny," and that was exactly how the dude did it. He just made a total straight face. It was like how at the drop of a hat. How am I funny? Tell me how. What's so fucking funny about me? Yeah. <laughs> I love the I love the good, uh, the, the the Family Guy version of that. He's like. Oh, I'm funny, am I? How am I funny? You know, you you know, you tell funny stories. Oh yeah, how am I fucking funny? Like, rewriting a funny. He's like, oh my god, thank you. <laughs> He's like, you're funny. He's like, am I like Rita Rudna funny? He's like, yes, Rita Rudna. <laughs> I'm then, just like, that's fucking perfect. And then Ray Liotta's like face acting when he's laughing in the whole scene. <laughs> oh god, the, it, the, the weird collared shirts. Yes. And the, the like the weird like the, they slant down like razors, and you can't see the head of the tie. And I'm just like, these guys look like they're choking to death half the time. And they probably were. Yeah. <laughs> Especially but, uh, the bigger dudes. They're just like. <laughs> Some of those guys, man, would just be sweating standing still. So yeah. I was always kind of worried. Like, dude, he's not looking too good. Like, he looks like he's about to fall the fuck over. <laughs> I think I think my favorite scene, and I, it's probably a lot of people's favorite scene, but I think it's just mine because I'm fucking nuts. Is the uh, a, a uh, the the it goes from Joe Pesci saying, "Yeah, this girl, she don't want to go out with me alone." You know, Italians. Yeah. And then it's like Ray Liotta's like counting some fucking money, just doing some like business shit. Trying to ignore him. They're trying to ignore him. He's like, no, no. Come, <laughs> no come. what, Henry? Henry. I no. didn't even ask you anything yet. Ask, you're going to ask me to go on a double date with this fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, that's how he meets his wife. Yeah. It's this fucking backhanded bullshit. <laughs> Doesn't even want to be there. And the funniest thing about that was like, as he's going off and trying to get out of the fucking thing, he glances over and there's the restaurant burning. And then he's like, fuck, see what you're fucking doing? God you damn it. fucking mouth. <laughs> and like, we gotta I, get love out the, of here. I love the double narration. The double narration's fantastic because because as soon as that date starts, Karen starts her narration. And she's like, he had no interest in me, all this. And she started crying. Like, she's, yeah. she's literally crying. And, and I'm like, that's fucking hilarious because you're crying to a guy and eventually you're going to put a fucking pistol in his face. Wake yeah. up, Henry. The dichotomy up, of, the heel, of, of the other Hill family. Yes. <laughs> Not Hank and Peggy, Not but Hank. Karen and Henry. <laughs> I want to see that down, version. Down, 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 down. <laughs> 
Hey, just what did I say? Get on your side of the fence. Don't call. Like, Who's this? Don't call the fucking house phone. <laughs> All I see is Hank Hill driving in the fucking truck, like coked out of his mind, going, "You see that, Bobby? Them dim helicopters been following me." All day. <laughs> Where are we going, Dad? Well, it's funny because I just found this meme online. It was uh, the the dream sequence when uh, Hank thinks he died. Yes. And then it's uh, I'd rather be carried by six than be judged by twelve. And he's talking to a cop. <laughs> oh man, and some thug life shit. <laughs> I, I think like I think like the, those gangster movies, you, you can't really replicate them as much anymore. Like, don't get me wrong, you get like the Irishman and stuff like that, but yeah. you don't, you don't get that same. How can I put it? that same glam that you had yeah. from like Casino, Goodfellas, well, Mean so Streets? Much, there's so much, you know. Um, All the tropes are there now. Yeah, yeah, but not just that. It's the the what we saw was bad in those movies, like the murders. Yeah, and stuff. Are nothing compared to what other people are going to say. Well, he was sexist. He was misogynist. You know, he's like, well, no, you're talking about the fucking mob from the '60s. So yeah, of course, they're yes, going to yeah. be like that. But that's what they'll focus on and harp on, and it kind of, oh yeah, kind of ruins the dynamic. And it, you don't see a lot of that in like the Irishman because it's no. more gangster centric, and they try to keep extra characters out of it so much because they don't want that to be a target of it. And see, like a lot of it too with and uh, Martin Scorsese is also a fucking prick. So yeah, that, that is very <laughs> true. That is very very true. I mean, like. With that movie, I, I liked it for what it was. You know, some people have mixed feelings about it, and I totally get it because it was very weird seeing De Niro um, doing that role because it was a lot different than what I expected. Same with Pesci because Pesci's playing Russell Buffalino, who's mm. totally different outside of his typecasting. Yeah. He was more so kind of like how he was in uh, Raging Bull. I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen yes. Raging Bull, where it, it, it's basically like, I don't know if you've seen it. I never saw Raging Bull. Raging Bull is great. It's like, it's Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci with their cliches swapped. So instead mm. of Joe Pesci being the fiery one that's all, like all over the place, it's Robert De Niro. Really? And it's a fucking great movie, yeah, man. Yeah, Raging Bull is probably top ten boxing movies of all time. It was like a boxing slash gangster movie, drama. Like, it had a little bit yeah. of everything. That's what yeah, I liked. It's, it's pretty good. What about those old gangster movies, like, say, uh, Godfather, for example. Yeah. You're supposed to, like, you know, uh, the one of the, the hooks of the movie is, like, you're kind of feeling sympathy for these characters in in certain certain ways. Well, that's the whole point of like you take a monster that is a gangster yeah. and you make people feel sorry for the greatest is this, our review of the Sopranos as we go forward. Oh yeah. Tony Soprano, angel or devil and it's just like, no, nah, that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to make you like the devil yeah. as much as possible. Basically. But they still remind, and The Sopranos, what's great about that is that they remind you that this is the devil, too. And I, think mm-hmm. that, I think with like a lot of biopics, just about criminals, especially like serial killers and stuff, they try to ground them in some sort of reality. They're like, oh, man, Ted Bunny got a parking ticket. Yeah, those things really do suck, don't they? <laughs> While he's like gnawing a bitch to yeah. death. Like, like, what the fuck? That was like, I was just watching, uh, Netflix has the, uh, the uh, Nielsen tapes like the uh, uh, mm-hmm. interview with the serial killer mm-hmm. or um, tapes of a serial killer, whatever the hell yeah. the actual name is, but it's about Dennis Nielsen, the uh, serial killer in England. Yeah. And it's his just personal recordings while he's in a cell. Like humanizing him is one thing, but then it's like you start hearing about the case and you're like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. I would be and, on and that yeah, shit, it, though. <laughs> like Me Cos- too. Like a Cosby show version of like Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, <laughs> it's just like, oh, God. Keeping up with the Dahmers. Keeping up with the Dahmers. You can't beat him. Eat him. He's just dancing. Yeah. Like just kept, but like real close and like really just sensual. And just, just, just do that wrist wave. <laughs> with somebody else's arm. Yeah, with somebody else's <laughs> yeah. And then he takes a bite out of it. 
Ooh, I should have left that one in the microwave a little bit longer. <laughs> it's just a version of Who's the Boss. Right? Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, going into the uh, going like going into the Godfather, you know, the probably the most renowned fucking gangster flick of all time. And yeah. like, let's go ahead and just kind of put these together because we'll be doing reviews on these individual movies anyway. Yeah. Um, but I showed my dad Godfather one and two. My dad had never seen that movie. That's crazy. And I said, you have got to watch this bat shit insane story. <laughs> I'm just like, it's long as fuck. So but it's take worth your time. It. But like, let's watch Godfather 1. So there's a lot of, you know, cinema in it, you know, like there's a lot of art of cinema mm-hmm. in it. So like, I showed him that movie and I'm like, hey, there's Tara Shire from Rocky because that's where he knew her from. There's James Caan. Oh, shit. Yeah, that is yep. Tara Shire from Rocky. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know why it took me so long to realize that. Because you're not a fan, Quinn. <laughs> Damn it. I tried, man. When we do this, How dare when you? we do like a quiz show about movies, you better give me on your fucking A game. Bring it. Bring it. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's Uh-oh. what this fucker said one time. <laughs> yeah. What Hammer said. Famous last words. Yeah, that's what he said. Bring it. Look at this cocksucker coming into the bottom eight. <laughs> Talk about he's going to get all the bitches. Get, that's how he got beaten with an ice bucket. <laughs> Conserve. Conserve. That's when he gets that phone call where it's just like, uh, I want you to, where it's like, uh, yeah, somebody should take care of it. Are you saying what I think you're saying? I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Click. I think he told me to kill that guy. Yeah, I think, I think don't fucking say it. The police could be bugged. Yeah. <laughs> don't use the house phone. Yeah. Use a, Hold use on, let me get to an outside line, which is like the line in Sopranos for like the first five seasons. Yeah. I need to get part to an outside me, line. Part of Total. me wanted like a Pulp Fiction reference to pop up in that where it's like, wait, are you calling me from a landline? Uh, prank caller, prank caller. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. Would you say Pulp Fiction is a gangster movie? To a degree, yeah. Because um, it is It is the story of gangsters. It is. One, Marcellus Wallace. But Mar- it's, not, it's not just those. Uh, it's yeah. not just that group, but also Bruce Willis is a big part of it, too. Yeah, so Bruce Willis, it's the Raging Bull story for that end. Yes, yeah. very he's, much. He's, he's, a, uh, he's a boxer, so he has dealings with uh, Marcellus Washington. Wallace. And, Wallace. And then you have his <laughs> Motherfucker! Two, <laughs> <laughs> then you have his two thugs, John Travolta and Sam Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other thugs who are just kind of meandering in the background. Yeah. And then you have the cleaner, Harvey Gattel. And then you have the associate, which is Quentin Tarantino. And then you have the heroin dealer who... Technically, probably would work for Marcellus Washington. Wasn't that a, wasn't that Stephen Dorff or no? It wasn't Stephen Dorff. It was another child actor that actually was playing that heroin dealer. Yeah, because he was he was like, he was real cool about a lot of shit yeah. in his motherfucking house. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I was well, like, he had like, no choice. <laughs> but like I like just the, the, the just a quick little thing about that. He's like best line. When I bring an OD and bitch to your house, yeah. <laughs> I'll give her the fucking shot. Yeah. <laughs> but you you are just gonna hit her in the fucking chest and it's just like this zombie fucking Uma Thurman uh-huh. oh god <laughs> like, I will say who the fuck just does a random bout of powder out of some dude's trench coat on top of that too if you've done she's very cavalier for like how did you not notice <laughs> yeah. how did you not notice the difference in the color in the appearance of it I mean there's a whole different the texture the texture like she didn't even that was just straight up heroin done <laughs> yeah yeah. it's not even coke it's heroin and like another gangster part of it you could think uh you know, in a broader like uh, multiverse of the Quentin Tarantino universe, <laughs> Mr. R is 
didn't die. He just went nuts and became that guy from the diner. Well, yes. that's kind of like uh, <laughs> Mr. Pink didn't, when he got arrested. If you listen at the end of Reservoir Dogs, Mr. Pink, you'll hear him in the parking lot saying, like, let go of me. I got shot, God damn it. Yeah. And then next thing you know, in Pulp Fiction, he's their fucking waiter. So yeah. I always joked and said, oh, Mr. Pink got busted, ratted on everybody else, went into witness protection. Now he waits at Jackrabbit Slims. And it's easy to rat on everybody because they're all fucking dead. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. easy. It's yeah. easy. You're the lone survivor. But, like, Tim Roth just being... Be cool, bitch. Tell your bitch to be cool. Be cool, honey bunny. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about finding out about that movie, though, is the uh, Quentin Tarantino even verified this, that Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and Jackie Brown all take place at the exact same time. They yeah. are all happening at the same time in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's like, it just reminds you of like how fucking crazy a seat one city can be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because all he had to do was say, you know, Four Rooms is part of that, too, right? Really? Four Rooms is in New York. Oh shit! Because like, uh, whoever's in four rooms has got Madonna, Tim Roth, yeah, uh, Antonio Banderas. Weirdest <laughs> casting decisions <laughs> ever, dude. It's like so many fucking. Uh, I think Marissa Tomei's in it. She is. Yes, she is. Richie, Richie April. Richie April. <laughs> so such a wild fucking cast. And someone turned it on, turned that movie on to me because we went to a family video, and he's like, "Dude, you got to watch this movie." And it's just the weirdest, like Tim Roth being slapstick funny but also encountering pretty much the four circles of hell yeah, <laughs> basically it's uh, the whole thing kind of gives like uh, witches gangsters yeah really quentin tarantino <laughs> new york city yeah. quentin, quentin tarantino and it does nothing it's just him just, just him, him sitting in a room just him and bruce willis with and a feet pictures, yeah, feet pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, go back to the godfather man like it's kind of a slow burn yeah, uh, on the first me and watch. you had talked to Russ about this. Uh, Russ Ward from uh, No Time to Turn. Yeah, um, but I think it kind of gives a great setup because it's a wedding. Yeah, because um, a, a year later, I, uh, after I watched that movie in high school, uh, uh, I got the book. I'd found the book at a restaurant nice. I was working at. It had like a give take policy on books. It's Mario Puzo's The Godfather. And I read that. And then I kept reading it, and I read the story about Luca Brasi. Oh, uh, with the uh, the hooker. baby. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, that was fucked. But like they leave it out of the, of the movie, and of they course. rightfully should, because the guy they got to play Luca Brasi was a real thug, mm-hmm. was a real gangster. Yep. And uh, Coppola had had said that uh, there was a scene, like in famous scene of he Luca Brasi is going to ask something of the Godfather. Or he's going to say he, something. He's going to say something. Yeah, he was basically Pay, paying t- respects. Yeah, paying respects, telling him that he's, you know, telling him he's happy that his daughter got married. He's oh, hoping they have, they a have, a, have a child, a healthy child, Maybe a masculine, a masculine child. 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 And but he stutters. It, but he's but he's he's going over. He's saying it over and over. And uh, Diane Keaton, right? Mm-hmm. Diane, yeah. Yep. Diane Keaton catches and he's like, "Hey, who's that guy over there? Michael Corleone. Who's probably he's got." I think what is a bronze star? Uh, I think a silver star. Yeah, he's got a yeah, silver star. Yeah, he just came back from um, World War Two. Yeah, yeah, World War Two in Italy. Yeah, so so he's a decorated soldier, an American soldier, not a soldier of the Italian mob. Mm-hmm. But he knows the story of Luca Brasi because he grew up in the Don's family. Yep, and, and his and his original plan was to not get involved. No, that was the great thing about Michael Corleone's character is the guy who doesn't want to be in charge should be the one in fucking charge. Even his father was, <laughs> even um, um, Vito was trying to keep him out of it throughout that whole film, too. Yeah, and what I like about it is she, he's he's doing the lines over and over again, and that's actually him just practicing his lines. They kept mm-hmm. the camera on him, and what's really neat is they left it in the movie and were able to add that to the script yeah. as a noticeable thing that she finds. And I think that's kind of fascinating, really, 
on all that. I mean, uh, in addition to that, too, he was he was sent by Joe Colombo, which there's actually a series on Paramount Plus yes, now. Yes, the called, offer. That thank you. I, yeah, I, I can't couldn't wait remember if it was that. the production or the offer, but I've seen a couple of like you know uh, scenes on YouTube from it. I haven't watched it fully, but they really break that whole thing down. It's really interesting that Joe Colombo scene where he meets with him, where yeah. the producer actually <clears throat> meets with Joe, because he kind of just laid it down pretty straight. Like, okay. Here's what you're going to write in the movie, and here's what you're going to take out. They removed the word mafia from that entire yeah. script. Any mention of it was omitted completely. Like yeah, the only thing again, wrestling. The only time they ever do it is actually in part two. Yep. Where they say La Cosa Nostra mm-hmm. um, in the court scene. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like I showed my dad this. I'm like, this is, a, this is the whole thing about subtlety. Like, that's the whole thing about the movie. It's about, about subtlety. But go back to that offer thing real quick. The mafia showed, a lot of people with the mafia showed up to the premiere, yep. and one of them was sitting behind the, uh, the director and like reached over. Good job, kid. Oh my just god! Like, what fuck? How scary is that? <laughs> One of the dudes in the back of the fucking movie theater said, "Hey, if this is bad, you're not gonna make it to your car." Yeah. <laughs> like, uh. dude, and like, he, in back of your mind's go, like, you're laughing on the surface, but the back of your mind, you're going, "He fucking meant that shit." Yeah. Like, yeah, he, 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 I'm seriously gonna end up in the trunk of my fucking car. <laughs> yeah, good thing a lot of the mafia was gone by Godfather Three. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, dude. Yeah. But yeah, the, God, the Godfather is just you know, for those who don't know, tell the story of the Corleone family. Uh, Don Corleone, who uh, came over from Corleone, Italy, mm-hmm. got his name changed by some asshole at El Salvador. Of yeah. course. <laughs> Just like uh, Phil Leotardo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was supposed to be Leonardo, but they changed us for a fancy man's dress. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you hate the queers, man? <laughs> I mean, he did come out of the closet when he killed Vito. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, we were watching, I showed him a whole thing. It's, it's, it's Phil I compromised. I jerked off on a napkin instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so like, what do you think? Like, what are your what are some of the best moments you pull from those movies? One and two. I think in uh, in one because I consider one and two like a one movie. It's a it really is. Story, yeah, it's like a direct continuation of the end of the first one. Um, I honestly found the uh, the Godfather movies a lot more um, artsy than they were true to life in some ways. I mean, there mm. are actual stories riddled within it. Like, um, for example, the singer that comes to the wedding is actually supposed to be based off of Frank Sinatra. Yep. The story that they're talking about is when Frank Sinatra was in uh, Tommy Dorsey's band, where uh, Luca Brazzi, they said, put a gun to the... Um, the uh, Conductors. The band leader, conductor, yeah. yeah, put a gun to his head and basically gave him the decision: either you sign that paper or you know, you right now. yeah, sign with ink or your blood. <laughs> yeah, and that was Tommy Dorsey. That actually happened. That was to get um, Frank Sinatra released from Atlantic because Frank Sinatra had mob connections. Yeah, and I think we could probably dedicate a whole two-part episode, maybe oh, even a three-part yeah, episode, dude. On the fucking Godfather series. I think now, so. The second one was one of my favorites just because of finding out that uh, De Niro originally tried out for Sonny. Yeah. Um, James Conn's character in the first film, and he ended up just playing Vito. Yeah, and we were talking. That was, about, big, that was his big break. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about it before. We were talking about a show called New Girl. Where oh a guy, yeah, he yeah. grabs his buddy's face and kisses him. He's like, "Did you just fucking Fredo kiss me, bro?" <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was you, you Fredo. <laughs> Why did you Fredo kiss me? <laughs> I'm not going fishing with you. <laughs> and I, like, I, had to sh- I showed that to my dad twice. I said, "Look at the, like, look at the reflection. That's what you know you happen." Because it's Fredo and that guy going on the boat. Yeah. And then you don't really hear anything. And then it's the reflection again. It's just the guy on the boat. Yep. And I said, it's, it's all, it adds to the subtlety. And it's kind, like, kind of vague, like what Fredo did. 
Like he he allied with Mo Green, and then Mo Green tried to fuck over the Corleone family altogether. And he uh, he forgave him that time, but then what really was the nail in the coffin <clears throat> was when Hyman Roth tried to have him killed. Mm-hmm. And that, um, funny as it is, uh, Dominic, Dominic Knazy, uh, who plays Uncle Junior in The Sopranos, actually mm-hmm. in the second film, too. Yeah. He's Johnny Ola. Yeah. And that's when they send that one hitman over to kill both Johnny Ola and um, Hyman Roth. I, liked, I, I, I really gravitated to the end of part two because of what was happening with Hyman Roth yeah. in Cuba. Uh, because of what was going on at the time. So there's that party that's going on, but shit outside isn't really going well. Mm-mm. And what it is, it's Batista losing control of Cuba to Fidel Castro. Yeah, right. So you're having the Cuban Revolution as the backdrop of the changing of the guard of gangsters. Yeah. Especially when you see it real good when they move to Nevada. Yeah, especially. Early in the movie with Michael Corleone, and he's got his kids. Um, but yeah, it, that, that was, that's a fantastic set of movies. To me, that's probably... One top, thing, top five at least. One thing that the uh, that the, that movie taught me is that if you when you read about the uh, the Appalachia meeting with all the the like the five hundred different mob members, mm-hmm. and then you hear about the um, whole thing that happened in uh, Havana, it just kind of leads me to believe maybe the mob shouldn't meet anywhere in fucking large numbers. No. There's always some bad shit pops no, off. There's like blo- there's like there's a tension. There's like somebody's got a problem with somebody. Oh yeah, and, and like you know they're usually gonna talk that out because one thing about the whole mob thing is that when it was you know really put in motion by Luciano, uh, Meyer Lansky, and God, a few others. I can't think of all their names right now. When they really the put it to- era, yeah, when they were putting everybody kind of together to keep from all the infighting, all the yeah. little gangs fighting for a couple of blocks and of territory. It was, like just, it was basically just Chicago and New York, yeah, and Atlantic City. Yep, yep. You had like your Nucky Thompsons, you had uh, mm-hmm. your Honor Wallstein's, the grandfather of all mafia. Thank you. Yeah. That yeah. that was the name I was forgetting yeah. about because he, he made a man choke on a pool ball. It's fascinating. What? Uh, <laughs> you never heard that? Story. No. So, so the guy who rigged the World Series, Honor Rothstein, uh, was a billiards player, a fantastic billiards player. No shit. Um, and there was a guy at a local place. He was a guy. It was Chicago, and he would do this trick where he could take a pool ball, swallow it partially, and gurge it back up. Honor Rothstein was fascinated. He said, do it. I'll give you $500. And in Chicago, buddy, in 1920s, Oh, that's, that's fucking that's, great. That's a deal. And he's like, but I get to choose the ball. The guy says, okay, sure. He picks the cue ball. For those who don't know, the cue ball's bigger. The cue oh, ball's yeah, slightly, bigger slightly bigger and heavier than the goddamn billiard balls. And the dude Fuck. choked and died. <laughs> and I he killed him for fucking entertainment. He's <laughs> like, well... I guess I, I guess I don't have the, to pay him. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know what the quip was. <laughs> hey, Luciano, put some fucking crack on this motherfucker. <laughs> you think we can play craps on this guy? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a, a great story version of this is Boardwalk Empire, which yeah. tells the story of all these assholes. Another great gangster series too, right yeah. there. Very, yeah. very good, very good series. I might watch that after them uh, Sopranos. You, you, you'll, you'll love that. We'll do a fucking series about that because the clan shows up and they put them the fuck. Damn. They they, <laughs> fuck, they fuck the clan up, and that was like yeah. my favorite part was having all of them like all gathered, hands up, like waiting to rob. Because them that was back, that's you know just in gangsters, you know gangsters. The clan were but it was a gang. Yeah, but it was all over the United States. It was a religious terrorist group. Yeah, and the funny thing is, most gangs didn't like. 
didn't fucking like the clan. It was very mm-hmm. rare that there was ever any gang that worked with the clan, and only times they ever worked with them was out of convenience or just mm-hmm. because they had something they wanted. Nine yeah, yeah. times out of ten, they'd kill them like anybody else. With the Italian mob, it was pretty, you know, racist too, where it's like oh, keep yeah. every, everything close to uh, your blood and that kind of stuff. Of course, all that shit. Yeah. Uh, going now, going into probably my one of my favorite movies of all time, and uh, I told people, you know, if I ever taught civics, I would play this movie because it's American Dream. Scarface. Oh hell yeah! Speaking if of I, Cuba, if I ever if I ever taught a movie about civics, yeah, yes. I, I would say all right, dude, we're <laughs> watching. Your introduction to your civics class, you have to come in playing pushing to the limit. Yeah, oh god, just <laughs> push it to the limit, the limit. Well, cocaine mustache and all. Yeah. Sorry, all right, kids, we're gonna talk about the revolution or how a bunch of white guys took control. Yeah, fuck the crown. Yeah. Well, why do you think uh, every like yeah. every like uh, rapper and hip hop guy in the early nineties, you know, referenced Scarface or dressed yeah. like Scarface? I think, or I think like, Scarface was the change of the guard, kind of like very much so. so. Like we get all these Italian stories, you know, the original Scarface movie. Oh yeah, with uh, about Al Capone. Yeah, and it's 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 an allegory of you know want and consequence because he dies at the end. Yeah, goes nuts. He goes nuts. And this version of Scarface, the backdrop with Oliver Stone is. All right, it's the rise of cocaine in the early 70s. It's the transformation from the DEA to just say no in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then it ends. But the backdrop in the beginning is the Cuban refugee crisis. Yep. And America's policy under Jimmy Carter was an open policy to let refugees in, which actually still stands today. If any refugee from a communist country that comes to the United States is actually welcome, they've never bothered to change that. Because really? of communism... Is a red herring, as they say in Clue. <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not wrong. But like, it, it is an open policy under, unless it's from a allied country, right? Such as like China. So, and it plays well in Vietnam as well because that, that's where the policy came from. It was you know people escaping Vietnam and Korea, yeah, due to the invasion of communism to come to the United States. That's where you have like a Koreatown and uh, the the very large Vietnamese population that would sprout up in like northern Los Angeles, yeah. things of that nature. Yeah, that, it all works out in '92. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, roof Koreans. Yeah, Roof-Koreans. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sco- Scarface. You know, uh, I just I, have you, you've seen this movie. Oh yeah, like and you've seen this. Oh, movie. of course, dozens of times. My dad showed me this movie. <laughs> my dad, my dad did too. Yeah. My dad was like, "We're watching this fucking movie. This movie's the shit." How yeah. old were you? I was probably twelve. I, I was <laughs> I actually I was, I was about thirteen. I was about thirteen when I watched and, it with my father. Uh, it was when we had a DVD player, and it was probably like the fourth or fifth movie I ever saw on a DVD at the time. Because <laughs> because the movies I saw on DVD when they first came out was The Matrix, nice Tombstone widescreen edition. You damn right, <laughs> damn right. And then it was like a handful of movies, and then. Someone gave my dad Scarface the special edition. My mom had left for the evening, and my dad's like, "We're watching this fucking movie," and I'm watching this wide-eyed like these guys are fucking monsters. Because <laughs> yeah. I grew up like I like uh, back like you don't know this, but like uh, my sister had a babysitter who ran a video store, and I would be with her and her stepson. And you had mentioned you grew up in one. I never had yeah, the yeah, chance I, to I learn just, about it, it. It just fascinated me, like all the movies on the of show. Of course. But it was around the time of the transition from VHS to DVDs. Nice. Heavy Metal 2000 poster would Hell be put on the wall yeah. when I was there. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Very so, nice. Uh, so when I saw Scarface, I was just amazed. I'm like, we got to watch this again. <laughs> and he's like, of course we're going to watch it again. <laughs> but like, it's, it's such a fascinating movie, and the people that are in it, and you don't really see them anywhere else. 
except as background characters in some other stuff. Like yeah. uh, like his brother or his brother. Yeah. Uh looks Manny. nothing like him, by the way. Yeah. No, and um, um, Manny, Manny really didn't do any that actor, he's still alive. He looks good for his age. Yeah, he too. was in Breaking Bad. Oh, was he really? He was uh Giancarlo's brother. Yes, oh, yes, you are no right. Shit. Yeah. That was, smile. The smile yeah. is what gave it away. Yeah. He was the other Poyos Loco brother. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, now you mentioned uh, uh it was Oliver Stone. Was it not Brian De Palma that made Yeah, Scarface? Oliver Stone and Brian De Palma. Put it together. together. Brian De Palma directed it. Okay. I can definitely see Oliver how that was Stone all. Stone wrote it because right. Oliver Stone yeah. has a weird sense of history. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also, his writing style too, you you can usually tell when it's an Oliver yeah. Stone movie because you could look at Platoon and Scarface both around the 80s yeah. and they both have that same grit to them. Yeah. Even though Scarface is much more colorful just yeah. because it's, you it's know, a Miami. Cartoon. It's like a cartoon of the cocaine. Really? Yeah. yeah. Or it's like a, a cartoon of the, uh, the American dream. Yeah. But like, Pretty think, much. think about uh, the story of Scarface. Uh, Tony Montana, most American fucking name you can think of. Of course. Mm-hmm. And his intro to this country is being harassed by authority. He helps with the revolution, kills a communist to escape, just for the just for the ability to escape encampment imprisonment. He works with Manny at a fucking like taco shack, like washing dishes, washing dishes at a little Cuban coffee taco shack, and they're like, "Hey, man, can you do uh, the frog? What's his name? Uh, the Toad, Hector the Toad, yeah, is okay. the one who yeah, hires yeah. him." And he's like, "Hey, we need you to go to this hotel. You're gonna break some drugs. You're gonna buy some drugs, and you're gonna leave with some drugs. Period. That's it." And the the scene ensues. Yeah. It's just one turning point after another it's into that like the axe. It's and that catalyst for the cocaine and Tony, nightmare. <laughs> Tony, and he legitimately says his brother, Angel. That's what he says. His brother, Angel. And it's probably a brother in blood because they fought communism in Cuba. So it's not probably really his brother. But his brother gets killed by a Colombian with a chainsaw. Yep. And he's next. And the scene is so visceral because his blood is splashing on his face. And... Uh, how they did that scene they had to do it like 10 times because they couldn't get the blood right and it got his eyes and that's why he stopped blinking after a while because he just saw it coming and that's why the, the curtain going over his face that's actually someone in the bottom moving the curtain I <laughs> noticed that too I was like why is the curtain moving that guy's not moving unless yeah. he's like kicking it with his yeah. foot so yeah so they do that scene and what's funny is the peop- some of the people outside there were extras some of the people weren't Oh fuck! Are you serious? So, so some of those people saw a psychotic man <laughs> with a run down the stairs with a chainsaw with no blade. By the way, just covered in blood. He covered in blood. <laughs> and then it's like Ravenka. Bah! Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like grab, grab the, grab the yayo. That's what it was. He Manny comes in last because Manny's been. Chico. sexually harassing this woman on the street sidewalk the whole time. I fucking love that running gag in that movie where it's like Manny can get no fucking action at all. Every scene he's hitting on a girl, she gets the fuck away from him as soon as possible. I remember my dad, we were watching it. My dad like taps me on the shoulder. He watched this and it's fucking like Manny doing the, doing the, the tongue yeah. to that, and then he's, he's what just like, Gino does too. He's just like, in my mind, this. I'm like, I have no idea why he does that tongue. But when I'm older, I'm just like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, you stick your, keep that thing in your fucking mouth. <laughs> now, with like a, a lot of these gangster movies, there's oh, uh, Manny also appears in uh, Primal Fear. 
with uh, Ed oh, Norton. Oh, shit, yeah. He's Richard Gere's other uh, client who gets That's killed. Right. I totally forgot about that. Fuck. Another fun movie to watch is Primal Fear. I haven't Ed watched Norton losing so his goddamn long. mind. Again? Again. Again. <laughs> he goes full Brother Vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> it goes... I'll rip her fucking head off. He's just choking fucking uh, old girl. Oh, my it's God. It's like he goes the opposite way that he did in Fight Club. Where these are like all these fight- terrible movies my dad probably should have shown me when I was a kid. He's like, it's oh, right. you got to watch this shit. <laughs> I think everybody's father at some point just kind of brought them into the room. It's like, hey, you want to watch, watch a movie? Don't tell your mother. You know, he, he, showed, he showed me anime horror as a kid. And I'm oh, just fuck. Like, and the, the, it's so practical. The, the effects are so practical in that there's a scene where it's just like two yellow lights in the dark. And I'm just like, that bothered me. For yeah. a while. <laughs> no, my dad wanted to show me like... Lawrence of Arabia, fucking the Criterion Collection, yeah. <laughs> uh, MGM's greatest, the yeah. Ten Commandments. <laughs> oh my God, Charlton Heston. Yeah, that was a commandment dad. in every house and a Glock in every ass. <laughs> Praise From the my Lord, cold dead hands. Praise the Lord, past the ammunition. I'm sure Red Dawn was in there at some yeah. point yeah. too. Red Dawn, Stranger Things, Red Dawn. <laughs> but yeah, that's, like, that's how I got introduced. And like. I played the video game. Did you ever play the video the game? The Godfather or the, the Scarface? Scar- the Scarface one, yes. Dude, they were gonna make a second one and they never did. Dude, I think I have it. I have it in my room. It's so Scarface fucking good. I now just need a PlayStation Two. Let me, <laughs> let it's me so for, fucking good. Let me for Motorheads in that game. Yeah, he's like a biker or something. Well, you like sell that. Co- you sell drugs. Yeah, you kill people and you get ate by a shark if you're in the ocean too long. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the funny thing is though too, it was pretty much a rival for GTA even at that time yeah. because yeah. there was so much more to do. Yeah, like you could actually sell drugs. You could actually sell drugs and build a drug empire. But like he co- uh, go. Uh, going back to it, uh, like the guy who was after Lopez, yeah, of Lopez Motors, he talks about fuck Gaspar Gomez and fuck the fucking DS brothers. You meet those people in that game, yeah. You kill the DS brothers on an island, yep, yep. <laughs> and it's a hard fucking mission. Like it's that was one tough. of the hardest missions in uh, gaming history, if I remember right. Too. Yeah, because the whole alternate history of Scarface, the video game, was was he turned around fast enough to shoot that guy? Yeah. yeah. So like what happened if he didn't die? Yeah, if he didn't die, and the tiger eats a cop, it is fucking hilarious. It's fucking, it is the funniest shit ever. Like that—that that was yeah. probably the best writing I think I've ever seen. Yeah, they make a—they make a one line of dialogue about Michelle Pfeiffer because he doesn't know where she's at. She got out. Yeah, that was the yeah. only thing. Yeah, um, and he kind of reminisces about Manny. About him killing Manny. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn, I should have killed Manny. God damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He even kind of goes, I, I miss Manny. <laughs> yeah, I, I miss my buddy Manny. <laughs> you, you fucking psycho bitch. <laughs> you shot your best friend because you just had the slightest inkling he might have been sleeping with your sister. Which, the fucked up thing is, I, I think about Casino kind of moving mm. back a little bit to uh, what we were saying earlier with uh, Goodfellas and Casino, where it was uh, Joe Pesci's character was fucking around with Robert De Niro's wife. And that mm. was a big fucking deal for the mob because yeah. that was ultimately something that would have fucked up their whole operation yeah uh, there's a dude that was on YouTube I'm sure he still has his videos up there he's since passed now he had COVID but uh, Frank Collada uh, Frankie Frank Vincent's character in that that's who Frank Collada was based off oh, okay. of um, but Collada wasn't had nothing to do with uh, uh, Tony Spilatro or Joe Pesci's character's death uh, Nikki Santoro in that movie. And the cool thing about Scarface is, you know, it's the other mob, it's the other mafia. Yes, the right. other though, it's the it's the cartel basically. Yeah, the cartel, the Hispania. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got, and in the real life, you got, you know, your Pablo Escobar's, your Giorgio Blancos, the Ochoas. So many storylines just from the oh, cartels. Yeah. We get so many great movies like Blow, uh, Cocaine yes. Cowboys yep. documentary, Cocaine Cowboys Two. You get the Return series of, of Narcos as yeah, well. Narcos, yeah, Narcos. Yeah, one of my favorite. Hey, the eighth richest man in the world. 
world is uh, riding around in the trunk in fucking Sao Paulo. <laughs> I always thought that was <laughs> enough like, to pay off the national debt. Yes, like yeah, it, the GDP of like a native cut, like a like a national ally. Oh yeah, no, like he he could have started his own country. The funny thing is, my um, my father, uh, uh, he he's married now, but my stepmother is originally from Colombia. Mm-hmm. Like her entire family comes from Bogota. She had a chunk of her family that actually lived in uh, Medellin, um, uh-huh. and really. Everybody more or less worked for Pablo Escobar at some yeah. point. Is it Medellin or Medellin? Medellin. They okay. say yeah, they it's say Medellin like, in like Scarface. I think it's because it's mm-hmm. uh, more of an English pronunciation. Okay. And like down there, it's a uh, Medellin because each each country has got a different kind of dialect when it comes yeah. to Spanish. Well, like uh, like Brazil, they speak Portuguese. They don't speak Spanish. We don't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, speaking of Brazil, this is kind of a movie not a lot of people I talk to know, but it's probably one of the greatest gangster movies. I already know it. What is it? City of God. Fuck yes! City I haven't watched City of that, God. That Jesus movie Christ. is... That broke my fucking heart, You know dude. how I saw that movie? How? I had to be at school the next day. It was a Thursday. And was I it F- just a random middle-of-the-night thing? On IFC. Yeah, same. <laughs> you watched a lot of shit yes. on IFC, too. Yes. Yes. Whitest Kids You Know in City of God. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that was exactly what happened. I watched <laughs> Whitest Kids You Know. I was laughing, and then all of a sudden this came on, and I'm like, eh, hey, I'll see what this is about. Hey, what are these little kids about. doing? Why are, they st- why are they stabbing this dude to death over candy? <laughs> and then it was like the, the fucking scene where they put they corral all of them, and they, they shoot the one kid in the fucking foot. I was just like, dude, what the fuck and is this? It's the story of three guys, a white kid and uh, two two South American kids, and their rise. And one story, and, and it's about this one guy. And I'm going to be quick about it because I would love to do like a watch along to this one. But uh, I gotta yeah, see this it's movie. in the Criterion Collection. Actually, it's a great movie. But, uh, they all grow up, and one is a photographer for the local newspaper who's mm-hmm. having an affair with with a white lady. Of course, in, in Brazil. Of course. And the other one is the coldest thug ever. And it's a monster psycho cuts people's heads off. He don't give a fuck. And the other guy is his rival, his yep. best friend, the yep. white guy, yep. the white guy, the white kid with red hair is yep. the kid who grew up to be the coldest Portuguese speaking motherfucker in yeah. Brazil. Oh my god! And it's him. all set in Rio de Janeiro, the city of God, and really the uh, the one of the biggest gang cities on the planet. That yeah. is Rio? like gangster city, Rio, Rio. Uh, the favelas, the uh, the. Pretty much where the uh, uh, El Cristo de Rede- uh, Redeemer is, the, the Christ Statue the of Christ. Yeah. Um, that whole stretch of housing that's working its way down to the city is all slums. It's yeah. a, That's where people pretty much live off of pennies, practically. Yeah. And the only thing for you to do is to sell drugs, to join a gang, to pretty much engage in all acts of violence. Yeah. But and City of God really shows that. So I'm glad someone saw that movie, because every time I, I talk about love that movie, that movie, I was like, what kind of fucking movie have you been watching I'm that like, shit won academy awards bro yeah, yeah this is that one shit's great Sorry, right. bro, dude it's almost as good as amazing colossal man <laughs> i don't know about that that's, that's, really, that's the, i the watched that watch along bro he watched if it wasn't for you guys i definitely would have lost a few brain cells watching that because i was like god damn but he's just a man <laughs> i am a man you're tearing me apart lisa <laughs> that's for real i was getting room flashbacks <laughs> But yeah, that was City of God. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie's great, and, and, and it kind of like uh, refreshes itself at the end because uh, the guy who, uh, the, one of the friends who grew up, the the the, the monster mm-hmm. of the three, uh, escapes and is bleeding out, and he gets killed by two kids, just like how he became into power. Yep. When him and his buddies 
killed that other thug gangster. Well, it kind of goes into The Wire, where yeah. it's like The Wire, uh, Michael becomes Omar. Um, um, it, it pretty much every... It, the game doesn't Everyone change. Everyone escalates only, a, yeah. a, a point. The but, game never right. changes. The only thing that changes are the faces and the names. Yeah. 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 Now... I was gonna say like uh, we talked about like Brazil and all that. What you don't see a lot of in a lot of movies is like is like a uh, Crip and Blood uh, stories or anything like that in movies. So that that kind of plays a good effect in Cocaine Cowboys too. Does it really? Uh, yeah, because uh, when he's talking about Griselda Blanco uh, in L.A. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, the the killings in L.A. and how far the cartel was willing to go in L.A. Yeah, but but you're right. Crips and Bloods don't get a lot of attention. Um, the only time last time I saw the Crips of Blood mentioned in media on a gangster level is that was in Tahoe. The okay. guy, the the the, uh, the Green Beret who defended his home from the from twenty three Crips. Oh yeah, and he invited all of his Green Beret friends over for a barbecue. He's like, yeah, bring your own bullets. <laughs> yeah, and they fucking they, that whole they street. Their, they like, held their own fucking home. Yeah, because like movies like say Boys in the Hood or. Um, uh, what's another one like, like South Central Colors? Uh, Colors. Colors actually does mention a real um, uh, uh, Norteño or Sereno gang, uh, El Barrio White Fence. That's a hundred percent real gang still operating. Well, the only thing I can too. think of, they could, it, it, it's kind of like a prequel, but it's so it's a show. Me and Captain Wells, uh, Snowfall. Yeah, I Mikey keeps telling me to watch Snowfall. Yeah, we did a podcast with him. Uh, fantastic series. I've never seen my dad root for a fucking crack dealer so much. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm like Franklin. There's no lying in you. <laughs> it's that it's that mentality. Like the many cartels. Like Franklin, I like you. There's no lie. Just an Israeli guy handing him two keys of cocaine to a fucking 18 year old, and it's like, go out there and be somebody. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's all about like you know crack cocaine in the 80s in yeah. South Central, and uh, it, it's I think- the beginning of crack cocaine. Riz is in it. Yeah, he's in Oakland. He's I'm, in Oakland. It shows him how to make coke. Crap. Trying to remember yes. the name of that documentary that had uh, that was about Freeway Ricky Ross. Oh yeah, um, cracking the system. Yeah, and that actually goes into the Medellin cartel operating there, but it also goes into the fact that. Basically, the CIA was helping supply them cocaine to yeah. sell on the streets of Los Angeles because yeah. they were um, insiders. They were uh, pretty much your mole, your rats that yeah, were in the whole cartel. That's what Snowfall does. They kind really? of have a, a CIA character. They have uh, hell yeah. yeah. Teddy okay. is the most dangerous motherfucker in that goddamn show. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Teddy's Those like, CIA guys working for that. Show? I mean, the CIA guy in, uh, in Narcos was fucking unhinged. Oh, he had to be. Dude, yeah. he just was not there. Dude, like, he lived in a dichotomy of coke, guns, and money. Yeah. Like, that was the economy. There was nothing else in the economy other than coke, guns, and cash. There was no credit system. There was no banks. There was no diamond industry. There was no groceries you had to buy because you just did coke. <laughs> How do you eat? Coke. What? Coke. <laughs> Where do you sleep? On the coke. <laughs> it's <laughs> soft. It's better than a temper Memory foam? Have you ever tried memory blow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it reminded me of that is I, I turned my dad on that show and he fucking loves it. Of course. And um, he was watching a thing. It was one of those CNN back to the 80s. You know, just one of those kind of like 10 episode things where they're just Hell going yeah. deep into the 80s. Yeah. And they're talking about the rise of crack. And stuff, and the song came on. Whoop whoop! That's the sound of the bullies. Whoop, oh shit! Whoop, yeah, sound of the beast. <laughs> and like when it gets to that second verse, sound of the beast. I'm in the kitchen making a sandwich, and I sing it. Sound of the beast. And my dad's like, "How do you know that?" I'm just like, "It's about crack." 
<laughs> Everyone knows that song. It's a classic, it's like, this, dude. This was my generation's jams, Dad. Yeah, this is like our classic rap station. <laughs> For real, though. So we learned a lot about you know uh, gang but the, culture. But the way you looked at from me, the, the radio, way, the way you looked at me, I thought it was just like fantastic. I'm just like you probably heard it. You were in your 20s when that song came out. <laughs> so you know how I learned about civics? Cash rules everything, everything. around me. Yeah, <laughs> I think one of like the uh, the one of the other things that recently they haven't really gone into until recently, pardon me, was uh, uh, a lot of the Mexican cartels how they yes. operate more like um, paramilitary groups, especially. They have to. Really, it started out as just the guys doing the plaza stuff, but like now it's uh, it's basically like it is the wild wild west. Yeah, to a full extent, wild wild west, but fully automatic weapons. Yeah, yeah. and like you know, you got your your running gunners, which is no different from your running gun Wells Fargo bankers from the wild west. That have you guys ever heard about those guys? Like yes, you ever I seen have. you ever seen the wagon on the logo? Yeah, yeah. You know what those guys really were? Fucking guns for hire, trying to move yep. money across and the west. You know what's funny about that too? My father told me that because he works for Wells Fargo. <laughs> bad motherfuckers back in the day. They were. You they, come from Wells Fargo, you better you better pay with your fucking life. Double barrel <laughs> shotguns, man. They'd even have a guy sitting inside with one. Usually it was sawed off too, which was yeah. the fucked up thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was like he was, rock he was ready salt to fuck, type he was of ready shit. To fucking rock. He was ready to go. Because who else? Bolt. Everyone's out there. The fucking Comanche, the Mormons. <laughs> the Mormons. <laughs> oh man, the Mormons are coming for your money. Dude, the Mormons didn't fuck around either, man. They were fucking savages, just like they, the fucking they Comanche. Shot up, they, they shot some people to shit, the Mormons. They, yeah. they actually were not fucking around. Thugs. <laughs> salt Lake City. I want to see a movie about the LDS. There was that there was that series Murder Among Mormons. So they what they that dude was a thug. That he dude was a, he, he fucking blew people up. He did the Cleveland mob shit. Yeah, he, he was just blowing people up. He changed oh, religion. Shit. He added a, a lizard. Like, <laughs> like that's what he did. He added a salamander. Fuck. What's this called? The Murder Among Mormons. Yeah, Murder Among bad motherfucker. And they talk about like his eighties. The whole like. Dun, 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 the synth, yeah, the synth, dun, 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 you gotta dun, have dun, the synth dun, in that beat. They're, they're running around a fucking '80s Mustang, got fucking Mac Tens. Just go with Christ. Yeah, go with Christ. Fanny packs and windbreakers and shit. I was thinking they all kind of looked like Michael Douglas and falling down with the fucking white shirt and the black. Meanwhile, they got like five. Tough question. Was he justified, man? In some parts, yes. In other parts, no. That's why I always like Robert Duvall's character a little bit more. It's like chill. Yeah, we're. One's going down, the other one's coming up, like coming from out of a bad thing. Like, dude, <laughs> you need to relax. So, uh, another uh, going to do another gangster flick before we run out of t- material. <laughs> this is just an intro episode for our favorites. Yes, of course. Uh, Casino, which I actually didn't see till later in life. Really? Uh, it's all Goodfellas, Godfather, all these fucking movies, these thug like Heat and stuff like oh, that. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, like I saw all these movies and Scarface and everything. I'm just like. And my buddy had conceded on DVD. I'm like, well, let's just sit here and watch it. That's kind of like the Dark Horse. Yeah, it is the Dark Horse. Very it's not much. As, it's not as famous. Um, and it is rough. Like, it there's is, a, yeah. there, There's a lot of exposition in there. It's long. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it's fucking long. The blueberries, they bothered me. That actually it. happened. That's yeah. a fucked up thing. That yeah. uh, um, Arnold... Um, Oh my god! I just totally Lefty Rosenthal. Yeah, he he actually fucking even did that. Like interrupted the dude that was talking to him. It's like, hold on a minute, let me go to the kitchen and fucking. Add, I, imagine you come into work that day. You're you're like dealing with like a, a worst hangover of your fucking life. You're making like probably thirty bucks an hour working in this place, which at that time was probably great, you know. But you're working for the mob, so you don't know if somebody's yeah. about to get killed in your fucking kitchen. And yeah. this asshole comes in going, "I want an equal amount of blueberries in each muffin." All of his face. You know how hard that's going to be? I don't give a fuck. fuck. (laughs) I'm just like, that's fucking hilarious. 
Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I think that movie really... It's one of those films where it didn't have the novelty that Goodfellas had, but there's still a lot of really good it, novelty I, in it. I, I think it's because it's so serious. Yes. Yeah. There's it's not as much joking. There's that comically long, ex- long explosion of the car. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, fuck. Let me just get out of this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. and then it explodes. And but, just, then it just kind of ends. Yeah, then it just kind of ends. But... I like, you know, Goodfellas, where it's like, well, that's my story, and there's Henry Hill in front of a fucking... Stuck. <laughs> and then cut to Sid Vicious playing my way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but... De Niro's the, just like, that's that. In you know, Casino. <laughs> it's kind of anti-climatic. And the cast that is no less, you know, better or worse than and, Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah Robert De Niro, Sharon, Sharon Stone, Stone Kevin argue. Pollock, uh, um, uh, Joe, Joe Pesci. Pesci. I'd argue uh, Joe Pesci's performance in Casino was like, Better. I think That's it's better. Over the top. I, think it's, I think it's better because of the way he goes out in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. What why, what happens to him is fucking heart wrenching in the cornfield. Even though he was like an animal in that fucking movie. Yeah, he's a fucking he is a he is a monster, but he, he deserved every fucking bit of it. But when yeah. they kill his brother in front of him and it's just oh god the that beating. scene was uh it and like it's funny as fuck because i was talking to my mom uh, a couple of months ago too about the movie and she's like i always fucking catch that one scene <laughs> <laughs> and like the fucked up thing is that's what i always catch too every time i, I, I walk past mm-hmm. somebody's watching casino it's like i see the scene where they're uh they beat the shit out of the dude they break his hand in the mm-hmm. fucking back room of the casino for cheating and then come back out to go grab a drink or something I look over at the TV and there's fucking Joe Pesci being held up watching his brother getting beaten to death and the it's like that, god damn it. that's the one that would come on TV all the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> for that real kinda, though that kind of reminds me of uh, that show Oz and uh, my friend I, I turned her and her parents onto it and like she would get home from college and like every time she'd walk in the show Oz but every time she walked in the house it'd just be a dude with his dick out <laughs> like, every time I come home there's a guy with his dick out <laughs> that's all I see oh my god prison rape scene prison probably rape <laughs> hey man the best the best scene in that was still when one of basic got killed where it was like you thought the one dude was about to get raped like everybody else that he had found like yeah. the Italian mobster guy but then like all of a sudden you just see the blood splatter and dude just comes out like nothing happened oh yeah Adebisi and yeah uh, Adebisi uh, Kareem Saeed yep yep my favorite character Kareem was Saeed. Kareem Saeed. Kareem Saeed was Kept a cold motherfucker. head up until that episode. Constantly. <laughs> Coolest motherfucking guy in that cell. <laughs> I still think, though, like, Casino has some pretty cool scenes, though, with a lot of the cutaway stuff. Like, the best stuff is still, like, um, Joe Pesci's monologues. Like, they bring yeah. those back. I think his monologues were probably the funniest thing because you had some really good fucking zingers in there. Like, for one example, is when the two dudes from Chicago are at the casino just giving one of the dealers a hard time. And he goes up, uh, and before he walks up to him, he's like, you know, I gotta keep the place from getting robbed, and I'm dealing with degenerate fucking animals here. Like, take these two fucking balloon heads, for example. (laughs) And then there's the scene where he's coked out, and he's pretty much coming down fucking furious and he keeps losing at the fucking blackjack table yeah. so he's just cursing out the dealer take this stick it up your mother's ass <laughs> take this stick it up your sister's ass <laughs> guys just sit the fuck are you looking at him for well, I think a, a cool part of that was it kind of explained the kansas city connection which never yeah. got yeah. brought up in a lot of other gangster movies was the mob had moved out to gangsters uh kansas city Gangster City. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Basically. They moved out to KC and was able to, name. was able to network with Vegas and, you know, more out west. And A lot of it really was controlled by the Chicago uh, mob, which was known as uh, The Outfit at that time. Yeah. Uh, uh, the film uh, The Departed goes into what was called The Office, the, the yeah. 
mob in Boston, but um, or back home, yeah, as they say in casino. Back home years ago, because <laughs> the thing was the reason why they keep saying that is because the Chicago outfit is still one of the strongest mob families that is still still like still operating to this day. Same mm-hmm. with the uh, Genovese from uh, New York City, yeah, because they've kept everything so low key. It it wasn't for. Tony Spilatro or Nicky Santoro in the movie that kind of blew the lid on everything. Pretty much how you saw it go down yeah. was how it went the fuck down. Yeah, and uh, I doubt they heard any type of uh, Rolling Stones or... Oh, hell no. <laughs> Layla. That was like, the best yeah. use of the song Layla is fucking it really The best is. use of Gimme Shelter too because it was the fucking live version too. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was like one of those rare live versions where I think it was the Live in the Netherlands is the one that mm-hmm. they used. I think you're right. And like, Stones dude, guy, right on. <laughs> oh, I fucking love that version, man, because that, that woman just sings and like her voice goes so well story about that girl uh-uh you never heard the story about Uh -uh. the the studio version no quick quick story story time (laughs) it's a great story (laughs) uh the girl who belts out the fucking line rape and murder was eight months pregnant drunk as hell (laughs) came in first take that's a wrap guys (laughs) that's it they woke her the fuck up that is so awesome dude she did in one take that's a goddamn fact that, and it's insane because that's the same chick that's even singing it on the live version for mm-hmm. that song when um, uh, uh, Joe Pesci's uh, going into court. Mm-hmm. Funny, uh, Fun fact also about that movie, that lawyer that works for Sam or Robert De Niro's character mm-hmm. and Nikki is the same lawyer that worked for both of the original guys. That's yeah. um, really? Oscar, I forgot his last name, but uh, Frank Collada had like an interview with him briefly. They don't, re- they never really talked because Frank and him didn't really like each other because Frank called him out on his bullshit yeah. quite a lot. Well, uh, going into another gangster movie, um, I, it's probably not more of our generation, even though we've talked about The Godfather, Goodfellas, and stuff, is uh, The Untouchables. Ah, it's uh, a great fucking movie. Classic. Yeah. That's like you actually get, you know, um, this is a more, movie about Al Capone. Yeah, this is yeah. Actually, you know, this is the movie of prohibition the cops the, mm-hmm. on the cops point of view because we yeah. don't get a lot of cops you know when we're, we're watching movies about gangsters we're not talking about the fucking police except, right. except in casino them. where we're fucking yeah. joe pesci goes they're gonna watch me fuck them i'll watch them right back yeah. and he's got all the surveillance <laughs> equipment yeah. but yeah the untouchables the, the the fall of al capone yeah and you know when i was watching that you know i love the story of al capone you know the IRS is the one that got his ass. Of course. Yeah. And it's fantastic. It's and all, syphilis. And syphilis. <laughs> and like, I read that later on, like, what happened to him? Like, damn, that's fucking tragic. And that was that, that movie kind of prepped me for um, the Johnny Depp movie. Uh, oh, what is that? Oh, uh, Public Enemy. Public Enemy, which is... John Dillinger. The preamble to the mafia. At that time, the mafia is running just a racketeering racket mm-hmm. of just the gambling, international gambling. But because of these real gangsters who rob banks like your bonnie and clyde your bonnie and, stuff and clyde's like yep. um babyface nelson, baby nelson pretty, pretty boy, boy floyd pretty yeah. boy floyd is a tragic fucking story he he died broke fucking, my heart he, he died in a fucking orchard yeah shot by melvin purvis and fun fact melvin purvis killed himself not long after john dillinger died because john dillinger got fucking murdered yeah he, he just walked out of a movie theater and got lit the fuck up didn't pull a gun like the cops loved dillinger too that was a fucked up thing yeah. they they always they you could watch any of the videos of him getting arrested and he's just posing with them and laughing but uh pretty boy floyd man was running through an orchard and they kind of play it very well uh, christian bale plays melvin purvis yeah and he takes that rifle puts a fucking 30 out six in his abdomen mm-hmm. from about probably 100 yards and you see the 
just the explosion of his fucking attitude. And uh, what's his name? Uh, plays uh, Pretty Boy Floyd. Oh fuck! The um, dude from. Uh, so I watched this movie like once, and yeah. it, it was like a, it was a rough watch for me for some reason. I couldn't like uh, get into it. The, the dude first from Twenty One Jump around. Street, the funny kid. Funny oh, kid. oh um, not, not Jonah Hill. The other but guy. Fucking uh, Channing yeah, Tatum. Channing Tatum played Pretty Boy Floyd. Was he? Oh fuck yeah, he was. I totally forgot. Wow, yeah. You, you need to remember these when we do our trivia game. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm, I'm just showing you some weaknesses. <laughs> but yeah, so he blows his fucking guts out. He tells him, man, I hope you fucking die. He tells him, purpose, man, you go to hell. <laughs> and he just bleeds out in a fucking orchard. Bonnie and Clyde, you know, they made a uh, made a movie with Kevin Costner yep. and uh, Her- uh, Woody Harrelson where they just light them the fuck up. But those, then, I will say, those motherfuckers deserve every they, goddamn they bullet. They killed Bonnie a lot Clyde. of innocent yeah. people. I saw their car. Oh, did you really? Do you actually see the real thing? Or? Yeah, I saw the real thing. It was, at the, yeah. it was at the Smithsonian at the time. It was fucking fascinating to wow. see. Wow. And That's it was awesome. only there for a little while because we you know, we went to the Air and Space Museum and then we went to the actual Smithsonian. Yeah, and they got some weird stuff in there. They got like Archie Bunker's chair. <laughs> yeah, they got that, and they have the they have the uh, you know go for a sports reference real quick the uh, the the catch from the Steelers Raiders game. <laughs> Oh okay. shit! You know what I'm talking about? The, <laughs> yeah. one, the, the most controversial kitchen yes. fucking football. Yes. yes, they have the helmet and the gloves and the shoes. And I'm just like, okay, okay. In a museum, the immaculate have something to do with the immaculate it? reception. That's what it was. Immaculate reception. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, they, they got some weird stuff in there. They got Next a nice t- layout of the whole fucking place. They got plants you can't touch behind a gate, <laughs> <laughs> like poisonous plants. All like, right, oh, they have they have rare rare poisonous plants just chilling. At the Smithsonian. Go so, ahead, fuck around and find out. Go ahead. Just ready to, they're ready Fun to, fact: in uh, at the time I went was the Fourth of July, and everything is nine dollars. I'm gonna fucking remember that because my wife. You everything. Everything was not a beer was nine dollars. You wanted to see a show within the museum because the museum's free. Yeah, all the museums are free, but mm-hmm. they have like theaters inside of them. Nine dollars. Why nine? It's a goddamn economical oddity. That's what it is. <laughs> because odd numbers make everybody unsettled. Yeah. So, and it's Fourth of July. You're meeting people from fucking Shanghai and goddamn Ethiopia. Yeah, and Cubs, America and Cubs fans, oddly, because the Cubs are playing the Nationals. Yeah, what, what the fuck is that? Too every year, it's always the Cubs and the Nationals. Every and guess what? Cubs fans, if you're hearing this, if you're a Cubs fan, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Every last fucking fan I met was either like ogling or fucking filling up people on the fucking butt, uh, on the train. Pretty much. Pretty Disgusting. much. Woof. <laughs> Woof. Woof. <laughs> but yeah, Untouchables was just fantastic. The, um, the infamous uh, stairway scene. God, mm-hmm. with the baby carriage. Douche. Douche. I would have said... Fuck that baby. I felt bad for the sailors. Like, yeah. all those sailors fucking caught that shit. They were just getting back from the fucking First World War and shit. Probably yeah. just finishing service and getting lit the fuck up. <laughs> With the Ennio, uh, how do you say his name, Morricone uh, soundtrack? Oh, yeah, Ennio Morricone. Morricone, yeah. Rest Burn. in peace. Yeah. Uh, fucking just oh. dollars. Oh, I just thought of another. Westerns. I just thought of another uh, another film. Uh, Once upon a time in America. God, fantastic. one of the greatest gangster films of all time. Yeah. Even though it's got that one fucked up scene. Yeah. <laughs> I never watched that all the way through. It's, it's a fun. very long but very good movie. I think about all these gangster movies. They're all very long. Yes, they're, they're telling a, a story. Well, you're, you're, you know, like The Departed. You know, you're really telling a story. Yeah. Of like, you know, the way The Departed worked. You know. Alec Baldwin, Martin Sheen, Mark Wahlberg, Jack Nicholson, Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Everyone Damon. had a fucking Oscar except for Leonardo DiCaprio at that time. Fucking Anthony Anderson was in that. Yeah, he yeah. was a cop. Yeah. <laughs> They're all memorable characters, too. Well, yeah. Sam Jackson, he dies in fucking Goodfellas. One of his worst death scenes is in Goodfellas. Oh, yeah, Stax. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. he got high and left yeah. the van. Hey, you want some coffee? <laughs> Be like, you own fucking funeral. Take, <laughs> all right, take that coffee to go. 
Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Put it back on the burner. I, you said take it to go. I didn't know. I was fucking around. <laughs> now, one of the lesser ones uh, that probably doesn't get a lot, just because it's newer, uh, is Legend. Have you ever heard of Legend? Legend is great. I, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, over, it's across the pond to Britain. They do mention the mob in it, though. Yeah, they, the mob, they, well, they meet the mob in there because yes. they're trying to make a deal. Chaz Palminteri is in that. Yeah, uh, that uh, scene. But it's about the Cray twins, uh, two enigmatic gangsters who were about violence and killing and doing whatever they needed to take care of. Robbie and Reggie, and Reggie yeah. was fucking crazy. And what's funny is Tom Hardy plays the Cray twins, right? Yep. But he also plays uh, Charlie Bronson, the most infamous yes. prisoner. What a wild fucking movie that I, is, too. Is that, was you the one I, I told about the movie and watched it? I think so. I told him about this movie. No, I watched this like a while back. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But like Charles Bronson. Charlie Bronson. Yeah, not Charles Bronson, the actor. The story of the most infamous prisoner in Britain is fucking nuts. He's a crazy son of a bitch. Yeah. Dude, but he's yeah. like oddly really nice. Yes, he's kind <laughs> to a fault, but he's just like, I will put oil on myself bare naked ass and you can try to catch me. Yeah. <laughs> he's well, the greased up death, death guy. guy yes. <laughs> you can catch me. But he's You're just like, I'll rip your, your fucking eyes out, cop. this in the movie, too. Yeah, he's like, I'll rip your fucking eyes out, cop. Because the art teacher, the art teacher had said something to him. He's, yeah. fucking, he's like, I'll take your fucking eyes. <laughs> I, think the, I think the one scene in Legend that... I, it, the whole movie is like underrated as fuck, but like my exactly. favorite scene is still when they're in the diner and he just straight up. I'm sees here it. for a gunfight. <laughs> and he, like, I just love the first thing he says, like uh, where uh, Ronnie turns and goes, um, "Fuck you, fuck your face, fuck your shoes, yeah. and fuck all your friends here." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I came. For a shootout, <laughs> and they got pipes and shit. He's, He's like got mad fucking as fuck. hammers, two fucking uh, like you know claw hammers, just beats the shit out of the entire room. Yeah. It's like Every a scene from old boy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole gauntlet scene where he's going yeah. down the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Like I saw like Charlie Bronson. I saw it much later, but when I heard like the story of Charlie Bronson, the most infamous prisoner in fucking UK, I thought of the most infamous prisoner in Australia, which is Mark Chopper Reed. It's a movie called Chopper. Me and my buddy rented this movie. It was just like one copy at the video store. You know what I'm saying? Eric Bana, who played the Hulk huh. um, in the Terrible Hulk movie. Uh, yeah, that was fucking rough. Munich. Yeah, Munich. That yeah. movie was like shit. Uh, but uh, yeah, those Israelis did not fuck around. No. <laughs> oh, is that about the uh, the Munich Olympics? Yeah, it's about the retaliation yes. of the Israelis. Oh hell yeah! It's I gotta watch that. Now. Nazi hunters are like, yeah, we can hunt down some Palestinians. It ain't that hard. They're right there. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick little drive. The low is fucking dead in the goddamn ground. I read about the uh, the operation, but I didn't know they made a movie. Yeah, it's a Munich, and it's fantastic. But fuck yeah. He played he played Mark Chopper Reed, who was a serial killer in Australia but he was a gangster through and through and it's such a weird movie because he's the most dangerous inmate in Australia and I was thinking like it's the same time as Charlie Bronson and I'm just thinking <laughs> what kind of what kind of dichotomy is going on in the empire could, of the UK of the United Kingdom to let these motherfuckers exist could, right <laughs> are, are they planning on possibly the most violent hell in the cell match that the WWE has ever seen <laughs> this would be the WWF greatest this w- fight <laughs> I, I think this would be the fucking like WCW dude, you would have looked, to go back and dude, bring back old wrestling all the stories about Charlie this Bron- would be like gladiator shit yeah, like, all all like all the Charlie Bronson fucked up stuff is mirrored like tenfold in public with this guy because Are you they never serious? they didn't bother to arrest him. What the fuck? Because he kills he kills a guy outside of a bar. This guy who was uh, 
allegedly a child molester and a drug dealer in uh, Melbourne. And like he tells the cops, "Hey, I killed that guy." <laughs> and they're like, "Whatever, whatever, chopper, get out of here." And then he whips his dick out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kills some more people. And then they finally put him in jail. And they say he's got a mental illness. And he's well, like, "No I'm not, shit." He's like, "I'm not fucking crazy. I know what I did." And then proceeds to have the meekest man in the prison. Because their prison is like a Ludus. You know, it's like a fucking, like, all the walls in an inside court. And Oh, shit. So he's sitting in a fucking chair, and he's like, do it, or I'll fucking rape you. And this dude's like, I don't want to do it. I said, take my ear. And he's having a guy cut his ear off as a sign of, like, I could take whatever this fucking place has got. And so they dispel that shit <laughs> real quick. The cops come in like, what the fuck are you doing? Holy shit, bro. And because the guy didn't finish, he beats the shit out of him. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> and then he gets fuck? his ear sewn back on and then it's just like hell in the cell like with this motherfucker constantly. And then they let him, then they turn him loose. And then he and kills what? some more people, some more thugs. He kills basically bad people. That was but like, like this dude in Virginia so that was like that. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like Dexter or some shit. Yeah. Was like, but he was legitimately psycho. Yeah. That's fucking clearly. crazy. I never like, heard of that, him. Like you remember that son of Charlie Bronson with a like, child molesters talking to him? And he's just like, he's real quiet. And then he's talking about all the kids he molested. And Charlie Bronson just gets the fuck up and starts beating his yeah. fucking <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I can't I can't disagree with that. Yeah. But, uh, Tom but Hardy plays a fantastic bad guy. Yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, even he, played, uh, he plays a uh, a Russian-born uh, Jewish thug in Peaky Blinders. That's right. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's right. And I actually really enjoyed Peaky Blinders too. I love Cillian Murphy. That's one of my favorite. It was, like, I think it was overdone on some parts. I think I agree. season one, it got a little too hyped up, and people were a little bit too like, "Oh I, yeah, this fake man is doing all this shit." I'd say about season Blinders three. Yet. Season three is where I started to really lose interest. When he starts hanging out with the gypsies a lot more. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sitting here going, now that I feel like they're kind of going, they're unsure of where they want to write this and how they want to work this. Like there was a lot of potential in that second season, but then it was like it started losing steam. Yeah. Well, I want to wrap this episode up with one more movie, and then we're, we'll uh, we'll all come back to these movies one by one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Reservoir Dogs. Ah, that's a gangster perfect. movie. Yes, it yeah, is. It's. A heist movie too, but the thing is, you don't really see the heist. Ever. No, that's, 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 that's the, the point. About this that's, movie. that's fantastic about it. You don't see the heist or the you, diamonds or the diamonds, and it's, it's like there's so much foreshadowing in the movie. But it was one of those movies I saw because of I love the '90s because they Me were talking, too. They were talking yeah. about that on IFC. Uh, on IFC. <laughs> that's where I, I, I rented it. I rented it. <laughs> funny thing is, uh, that was a movie my mother showed me yeah. when I was like six years old. I bought it. At the the it I bought it at the five dollar bin at Walmart. And it was the paper cover DVDs, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah where you unclipped it. Yeah, you yep. unclipped it. Yeah. But I sat there watching it, and they kept talking about this scene on All of the 90s that's stuck in the middle with you. Oh, fuck, with Michael Madsen. Yeah, yeah. With, Mr., with Mr. Blonde. Yep, and you can't <laughs> not hear uh, stuck in the middle of you uh, with you and not well, there's that scene. see Michael Madsen dancing. Yeah. Well, what's his name? Uh, the Comedian. Uh, who is a DJ, uh, the deadpan comedian. Oh, um, he was uh, Sandman in Spider-Man. Oh, fucking uh, Stephen Wright? Yes, yes Stephen yes. Wright. Yeah. yeah, he's fucking hilarious. He's just like... And here's this pretty little ditty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just monotone. Man. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck am I listening to? And what's cool is about that scene, everybody remembers the guy getting his ear cut off, but no one can picture it because you have to picture it in your mind. Because they never show it. Nope. All it's very subtle. Is, he just grabs his fucking face takes that knife down and it pans to the radio and then it's just like he's just like boogieing with, with the, the ear. ear in his hand can you hear me yeah <laughs> like, oh, you fucking prick meanwhile Tim Roth Mr. R just bleeding the fuck out I'm dying <laughs> you piece of shit yeah. 
God, I fucking hate this place. <laughs> <laughs> and like how he died. Did you know that's uh, that was like I think it's the director's wife that he drags out of the car. Are you serious? And gets shot. And like <laughs> it's so funny because he tried it twice, and the first time. He wasn't aggressive enough, and the doc- and the director is like, "Fucking take her out, Quentin Tarantino." I think I was gonna it, say it was, Tarantino, right? Yeah, but it's I forget whose wife it is. I think it's like the production assistant. He's supposed to <laughs> oh, like somebody's shit. part of the movie. He's like, "You need to be more aggressive." He wasn't aggressive enough because he because it's a production assistant, the woman you see every day. Are you talking about the uh, the scene where Steve Buscemi's running from the cops and he no, yanks her out, or are you talking about where Tim Roth where he gets shot in the stomach? Yeah, that, stomach. that chick who shoots him. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, she, okay, she's okay, part okay. of the production, and, he, and he's That's like, wild. "You need to put your fucking hands on her, main handler." And I'm like, <laughs> can you just imagine? Produ- hey, Tim Roth, uh, who's probably going under some type of psychosis of all the fucked up movies I put him in, uh, <laughs> he's probably going to be putting his goddamn hands on you today. <laughs> Man, I be cool, bitch. <laughs> be cool. That's the last thing he says as he. He's, that's the last thing Quentin Tarantino says is he's leaving his trailer and just slams the fucking door. Think, you know, of all the like Harvey Cattell movies there are, I think this is his best movie. I just love I'd agree. that. It, I, agree with it, that. It, I just love that trying to reassure Tim Roth in that movie. He, my, Braden and I, uh, my lead singer and I, were fucking talking about it. We're like, why did he break out into song? You're gonna be okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm he's like, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be. Okay. Say it. Say it. You're say the be- goddamn fucking words. It <laughs> will be okay. The fucking life has left his body just if there is one out. thing about any of quentin tarantino's movies whenever somebody gets shot in those fucking movies like and they start bleeding out the makeup department always top fucking tier and it's, he got shot in the stomach which is like forever to die yeah it'll take you it will take you like two to three days to finally fucking die from that and have you seen the uh like the uh like the, the film uh breakdown of how like when they go in when uh mr blonde or not was it mr white and mr pink go into the back room and talk and they kind of foreshadow the uh the standoff at the end because there's three canisters one's white one's pink one's orange oh shit and i haven't a, noticed and, that before. and there's a yellow one on its side oh fuck and it's just like that's the foreshadowing because now they're going to all three argue and the shootout's going to happen where Steve Buscemi kind of fucking lives. <laughs> yeah, because he hid underneath the uh, conveyor belt yeah. that uh, Tim Roth was laying on. Yeah, and it's just like, God damn. Like you were, then I won't go back and watch it. I'm like, yeah, it's there. Fuck, holy shit. And it's like, I, I didn't know until a couple of weeks ago that Steve Buscemi's character didn't make it out. Like, he got arrested. Yeah, did you ever play the video game? I didn't even know they made one. I didn't either. For the PS2, you get to play as Mr. Blue. Get the fuck out of here. You get to shoot you. up the fucking bank. You get play as Mr. Brown. You should play as Mr. Brown of leaving the bank and getting killed. Are you serious? I didn't even know they made huh. a game for it. Yeah, it was fantastic. I gotta fucking find it. It's just it. like all the scenes that they never put in the movie. I just think about Conker's Bad Fur Day. That's yeah. that's what I think of. It's the fucking, the, the, one of the mini games where he plays the Weasels. You don't think about the Sopranos yeah. video game? The greatest? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where you uh, play as Little Pussy? That, that fucking game was something else, bro. <laughs> there, was, there was a Godfather game. The yeah, Godfather but, game was really good, and I really wish the they would have made a third one. The Godfather game, and because of like the Sopranos and because of uh, some other gangster-esque games, Help create the mafia franchise. Yes, because they went back and did the mob. They went and did the, the it bothered original storyline. They didn't really build off of what uh, the second video game had, or even the first one, where you build your empire, kind of like in the Scarface game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you build up your entire like cocaine empire in the uh, Godfather series. You're building up the Corleone family, taking mm-hmm. over rackets, things like that. And I'm sitting here going, why did nobody take a page out of EA's book at this time? Seriously, I think it's just their property rights. Or something oh like yeah, that. of course. But like in the in the Sopranos game, you're playing as if because when it came out, the Sopranos wasn't even over. No, so like they were still playing off 
Tony not being killed or mm-hmm. caught or whatever. It was still like lore. It was yeah. like during season three is when it came out too. Yeah. It was like midway through the series. Yeah, the Mafia games, uh, they actually do a nice little callback to Mafia 2 and Mafia 3. With but, Vito? Yeah, because you, you're, Vito is one of your captains mm-hmm. in Mafia 3 in Louisiana, which had probably one of the best game trailers I yes. ever seen. Did you remember? You remember? Did you ever see Mafia Three Games trailer? Mm-mm. Dude, it is fantastic. He's in a fucking car. There's a beat up gangster in the back, an Italian gangster. They're driving through the bayou, gators and shit. Yep. And what was the song? Uh, was it "Give Me Shelter"? It was "Give Me Shelter." It was playing <laughs> on the course. Court, right? And of course, <laughs> and he's like, he, you know, that song is blasting. He's fucking gunning it down a dirt road in the fucking bayou because he's gonna feed him gators. Of I might have seen this trailer actually. And he, puts, he fixes it. that mirror. And he's like, you fucked with a lot of people, but you decided to fuck with mine. And he turns the radio down, and he gets out, opens the trunk, and there's three people. There's Vito from Mafia 2. There's that black girl who's a captain, and the other guy who's a captain. And Catherine, a- and then uh, the Irish guy. I forgot yeah. his name. But these guys, he's banded together to be capos in fucking New Orleans. And it's just like, yeah, let's beat this guy to death and throw him in the fucking lake. <laughs> Put him in like lots of drink. <laughs> He sleeps with the fucking alligators. He sleeps with the gators. He yeah. sleeps with the gators. He's no just like all Cajun. He sleeps with the gators. The Cajun mafia. You gonna sleep with the gator now? <laughs> See, that sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, that's a shit. That, that's just swamp people, but it's like swamp, when the cameras swamp, swamp. are shut off and Troy's going on a rampage. It's the horror movie, like Swamp Thing. You know that one good thing they made with WB? Yeah. And then they canceled it? Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever watch that? Did anybody ever watch the Swamp Thing series? Yeah. Not yet. It's a goddamn horror show. <laughs> that shit is so fucking bad. But I'm not the movies. Watch. I'm not talking about the movies. I'm talking about the series. Oh, they. Oh, dude, what the fuck? Dude, it's a horror movie. It's good. It's supposed Get to be. Here. It's right That's what Swamp Thing's supposed to be, dude, right? Get out of here. If anybody's listening to this, go on HBO Max before they get rid of it. WB made a Swamp Thing series that was a horror show up huh. there with The Thing. I gotta oh, watch this. Awesome. Then. Practical effects. Oh Dude, shit! He tears a man limb from limb at every joint in front of a child. His eyes are blood red, shining in the moonlight, and it's green and black and wet. And it's just like that is metal as that's fuck. What that's what thing great. is supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, terrifying. Oh god, not not a cheap. Suit but that's how like we the end. The, that's how we end this show. Talk about swap thing. Yeah, <laughs> he might have been in the mafia. He might have been in the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know too much, man. <laughs> Look at this guy over here. All With his fucking flowers and bullshit. <laughs> I just see him in a suit standing there like Paulie with the fucking oh, TV. Oh, the, the, the fingers. <laughs> I got watch that. I hate it more and more. Look at, look at me and my fucking flippers here. <laughs> that is a good question. Do you think Paulie ever flipped? <laughs> yeah. That piece of shit. <laughs> I don't think he flipped. I think what he did was uh, he played both sides. He yeah. kind of played off of Johnny Sack and yeah. Tony hating one another. Yeah, and that's what I like about some of these gangster flicks when you start seeing the people who flipped because they all take a different approach. Mm-hmm. Because the part it is like CIs, you know. Uh, Good father, uh, good father, good father, good fa- the Godfather, the pure flicks version of the Godfather, good father, Direct- a Hallmark presentation. Yeah. It's Christmas with the Corleones. Hey. Terry Shire's husband wasn't strangled to death in front of a church. Oh my fucking god! Hello, Carlo. Drops a fucking present in his life. Well, like, remember how like they handled this shit? Like Henry Hill was glorified almost. Yeah, because uh, Casino didn't really have a lot of people who flipped. 
You technically lefty did, but they didn't touch yeah. on it. They yeah. barely touched on yeah. it. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, the casualties of the of the cop who mm-hmm. joined, who goes undercover. Yeah, you know the the uh, it's City of God. There are no fucking police. No, the lack of law shows yes. the cops never show. I think they only show up in like two scenes, and they they're paid yeah. off. And Scarface, <laughs> no one flips because the law is a fucking joke. Yeah, and that's that's what Brian De Palma kind of shows in the first fifteen minutes. Is it's like, what's that? Where'd you get that Scott eating pussy? And it's just like you guys are fucking idiots. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's all. That's all that scene was. That's the, uh, the the origin of the scar on his face. Yeah, he got a meat and pussy. Yeah, As, or that's the yeah, whatever. It's kind of like Carlito's Way though, too. The law doesn't really exist Dude, in that either. Carlito's Way is a fucking underrated gangster yeah. movie. Sean Penn looks like the weirdest motherfucker. He does. Dude, he was the Whoever. basis for the fucking character in Vice City. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Oh, Tony Cipriati and all of that. Oh, of course. <laughs> Dude, like he looked so fucking horrible in that movie. I'm just like, you got. Whoever was in the makeup department is a fucking <laughs> asshole to make Sean Penn look like that. I look like a fucking dick. Exactly. Now yes. get on the set. Yes, that's the point. Don't be a dick over there. <laughs> but like you, you talk about almost every Pacino movie has is probably a gangster flick almost. Sensible. Why is El Pacino the only Italian that can play Hispanic people really well? Because he was in a movie called Dog Day Afternoon and he could play a homosexual and no one else would. would. You make a valid point. It's the same thing with Armand Asante. Fredo, Fredo's in that. He is. Yes, in he that is. Movie. That was yep. one of his only films because he. Well, he, well, Al Pacino said how much of an underrated actor the guy who played Fredo yeah. was, and how much respect he didn't get. And he was such a fantastic character, not only in The Godfather but Dog Day Afternoon and, and the series of other movies because he wasn't in a lot of movies. Um, and he's like, he's every time I worked with him, it was fantastic. I mean, he was married to Meryl Streep for years. Yeah. Which is another weird kind of thing. Fredo? Yeah. Yeah, that huh. actor. Yeah, dead serious. This is before she was famous. This is before she did, like, choose a kid to die in the Nazi concentration camps movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> right. real. Yeah. Let's think about that guy. Yeah, she, wasn't, she wasn't Sophie Choice famous. No, no. <laughs> she didn't start working her way up yet. <laughs> but yeah, that guy will always be known, at least to me, as Fredo. Yeah. The Fredo kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, thanks for listening. This is another episode of The Couch Potatoes uh, with Quinn, Quinn and Cap. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing, <laughs> tough guy? Sadly, there's no final thought because all I got to say is I'm going to go watch Swamp Thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, please, guys, watch this fucking movie. It's like, oh, show. It's fucking terrifying. I can't wait to go home and try to convince Kate to watch a fucking gangster movie. A body movie. horror movie? Yeah. About fucking DC's lesser known. <laughs> <laughs> We'll put on She-Hulk afterwards, I promise. Yeah, you want to see another green bitch? That's fine. (laughs) It's all right. I got to torture my wife with these movies, too.